Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. We've been talking about using the name of our Lord, the Lord Jesus, wisely. Also, uh, that song reminded me of David standing before Goliath. And when he stood before Goliath, he said, You might come at me with a sword, a spear, and a shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Praise God. Think about that. In other words, you're looking at visible weapons of warfare that you can use against me. You're looking at your strength, your towering strength, your height, your power, your personal ability, your skill in warfare and that sort of thing. But I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Think about it. He had a revelation of the power of the name of the Lord as God. He knew as the Lord of hosts, he would defend him, protect him, and fight for him. He was not fighting in his own strength. He wasn't using natural forces or abilities. He experienced something beyond that when he fought the lion and he fought the bear. He knew that God would deliver him. God would fight for him. They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. It's so important that we know and understand, praise God, that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And that's what we're talking about. So in our notes here, over and over again, what we read in Scripture is these expressions. Like, in the name, in my name. In Mark 16, 17, when he gave the Great Commission, he said, Go in all the world, preach the gospel. And in my name, cast out devils. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents, etc. And then, of course, through thy name. Remember Luke 10, 17? They went out, the 70 of them went out, cast out devils. And they came back to the Lord and said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. Now, you might take that lightly if you don't realize the fact that back then, none of that ever happened before. Nobody used anyone's name like that to cast out a devil or a demon. If you remember... The, the man of Gadara that was bound by all the, the legion of, of evil spirits, remember? He was in the, in the woods out there. Nobody could contain him. You couldn't even use chains or fetters to hold him down. He would break him. He had supernatural strength from the powers of evil. They were afraid of him. Jesus comes along and he bows. And Jesus said, look, they're subject because of my name, Yes. He said some more things that we'll talk about later, but no one ever did that before. But all of a sudden, these 70 come back. Look, when we mention your name, devils fled. They took off. And bodies were healed and so on and so forth. And then also, through faith in his name, in Acts chapter um, 3 and verse 16, remember the man that could never walk? And Peter and John at the gate of the temple called Beautiful delivered him and said, Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. And they came... And said, you know, they wanted to make them some gods or something. He said, no, no. It's his name. Through faith in his name that made this man strong, whom you see and know. The faith that is by him has given him this, this soundness, perfect soundness in the presence of you all. 
So he was delivered by the power of the name of Jesus. He was healed by the power of the name of Jesus. And in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, there's no other name under heaven. What a statement that is. There is no other name under heaven. There's a lot of names under heaven. A lot of names. Persons, places, things, roads, everything you can name. But there's only one name under heaven whereby a man can be saved, healed, delivered, set free, and made whole, preserved, protected, and so on. And what is that name? It's the name of Jesus. Jesus. It's that wonderful name. And then in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, we are told anything and everything that you do, do all in the name of Jesus. Think about it. Cut your grass in the name of Jesus. Do your laundry in the name of Jesus. Cook your meal in the name of Jesus. It would come out better. Think about it. Praise God. You can be protected divinely too when you're doing things out there. Drive your car in the name of Jesus. I'm going to the other side and back safely in the name of Jesus. All that you do in word and deed, do all in the name of Jesus. I gave you this testimony here just to help us better understand the power that there is in the name of Jesus. This is an Episcopalian uh, vicar. And... I gave you there just a little bit of the testimony just to save some space there. But I want to read you the whole thing here. And this comes from one of uh, Wigglesworth's writings. He didn't participate in this, but it was just something that um, he knew about. So listen to what it says. I want to instill into you a sense of the power, the virtue, and the glory of that name. Six people went into the house of a sick man to pray for him. He was an Episcopalian vicar and lay his, in his bed utterly helpless without even the strength to help himself. He had read a little track about healing and had heard about people praying for the sick and sent for these friends who he thought could pray the prayer of faith. So he was anointed according to James 5.14, let them call for the elders of the church, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, the Lord will raise him up, and so on. But because he had no immediate manifestation of healing, he wept bitterly. The six people walked out of the room, somewhat crestfallen, to see the man lying there in an unchanged condition. It would have been easy to walk away from that scenario and just, just leave, and that's all there is to it. Well, when they got outside, it says, one of the six individuals said, there's one thing we might have done. I wish you all would go back with me and try it. So they went back and all got together in a group. This brother said, let us whisper the name of Jesus. At first, when they whispered this worthy name, nothing seemed to happen. But as they continued to whisper, Jesus, 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 the power began to fall. And they saw that God was beginning to work. Their faith and joy increased, and they whispered that name louder and louder. As they did so, the man arose from his bed, got himself dressed. He was healed. The secret was this. Those six people had gotten their eyes off the sick man and they were just taken up with the Lord Jesus himself and their faith grasped the power that there is in his name oh if people would only appreciate the power that there is in this name there's no telling what would happen I know that through his name and through the power of his name we have access to God and the very face of Jesus fills the whole place with glory just by whispering 
the wonderful name of Jesus. Praise God. What a name. All right. Some thoughts about the name I want to share with us this evening because sometimes it's just as simple as that. You know, we sing songs about if you don't know what to pray, if you don't know what to say, just say the name. Just say the name. Just call upon the name of Jesus. But sometimes you can get so used to using that name that you kind of take it for granted. God wants us to have faith in that name and truly believe in that name. And the only way we can is by preaching about the name. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So number one, when we use the name of Jesus, we exalt the person of Jesus above ourselves. That's what we do. Look at Acts chapter 3. And this is verse 12. This is Peter. He and John just got this man at the temple, at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, healed, who had never walked before. And when Peter saw it, these people were coming to lift him up. Here's what he says unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Why are you looking at us? Now, I've heard pastors preach. I've heard some, I've, I've read some articles as well. Well, many will say, you know, you're supposed to go heal the sick. You're supposed to go heal the sick. That has to be qualified. You are to heal the sick in the name of Jesus. It's not you healing the sick. It's the power of the name. The power is in the name of Jesus. Notice what Peter said. Why are you looking on us as if by our own power or holiness? Those two things. Our power, we don't have that kind of ability. Or holiness, we can't live that kind of a holy life to be qualified to do that. He went on to say it was his name through faith in his name that made the man whole. That gave him that perfect soundness in the presence of them all. So here's the question. Did Peter do what was necessary to restore that kind of authority? Is he the one who came from heaven above to the earth below? Is he the one that clothed himself in flesh that walked on the earth? Is he the one that went to a cross and suffered and died and took uh, the penalty for our sin, sickness and disease and mental anguish? Is he the one that came the curse on the tree? Is he the one that died and then rose again from the dead after the wrath of God was poured out upon him? No, he's not the one. He didn't do that. But there's one who did. And his name is Jesus. And he did it for us. So why are you looking at us, he said. We had nothing to do with this. Get your eyes off of us. All we are are carriers of the divine power. We have the authority given to us, but it's all about him. It's not about me. You know why that's important to know? Because if it's not about your successes, then it's not about your failures either. It has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with how holy we are. It's not our performance. It's based on his performance. It's based on what he did. So even though you might think, well, how can I pray like that? How can I expect that? It has nothing to do with you. Now, be right with God. That's okay. Be right with God. But you can use the name of Jesus. You've got the right to use the name of Jesus. And when you use the name of Jesus, you are exalting him above yourself. 
I'm not coming in my own name. I am coming in the name that is acknowledged as the highest authority in all the universe. And there is no other name. So it's not just a name that we use flippantly. It's a name that we understand has full authority. Look at Matthew 28 and verse 18 and 19. After his resurrection from the dead, Jesus commissions his disciples to go and preach the gospel and make disciplined students of all nations. And here's what he says. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You know what that means? He had to get that. He had to qualify for that. It was given to him in heaven and in earth because he left all of it behind. He became a man and did what he had to do after he was successful and was raised from the dead. Then all power was given to him in heaven and in earth. Now notice, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So in other words, he then commissioned them and transferred that power, gave them the authority or the power of attorney to use his name to transact business for him on the earth. Because why? He went back to heaven. And heaven is a good place. There's nothing wrong in heaven. We don't need to exercise authority in heaven. All of heaven recognizes the power of that name and bows to the power of that name. But everything in heaven is running pretty smooth, wouldn't you agree? It's on earth where we have some problems to deal with. Because we have an enemy here on the earth. But we're on the planet. He's in heaven. We're on the earth. We're his ambassadors. Representatives of the highest order. We represent him. And he said, look, don't go out there and transact business without understanding the power of my name. You use my name that has all power in heaven. In other words, we can access heaven with it. And on earth, that means we can cast out devils. He said, cast out devils in my name. So he's given us this authority. He's given us this ability and power. So we have the legal right to use that name to access heaven. Access heaven. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. In my name, he'll give it to you. And then cast out devils in my name. Secondly, we identify ourselves with Christ. When we use the name of Jesus, we identify ourselves with Christ. Look at Luke's Gospel chapter 10. Now let's look at the whole setting here. When these 70 came back and they used his name. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through whose name? Through his name. Not their name, but his name. And he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Oh, give us a picture of that. Would you love to see that? Oh my. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now that's something to shout about, right? But remember, that's the effect. That's not the cause. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because why? Your names are written in heaven. That's the cause. The effect is they bow and they're cast out when you mention that name. 
So you're authorized. You have the power of attorney. You can use that name to cast out devils and transact business on the earth. But he said, rejoice in the fact that your name is acknowledged and recognized in heaven. And that gives you the right to do it. Now, it's like this. You ever try to walk into a bank and withdraw money from someone else's account? I hope not. Well, I did one time. It was my, actually, it was my mom and dad's. And when I walked into the bank, I said, um, I'd like to withdraw a certain amount of money. And I was taking my mom shopping. She said, go get some money on your way in. I says, okay, I'll get some money out for you. And I'll be right over and pick you up. So I walk into the bank. And I said, I'd like to withdraw a certain amount of money from her account, from this account. And she's looking all over. She asked me who I was. She, I said, are you on the account? I said, absolutely, I'm on the account. Okay, and she's taking her time and taking her time. She says, I don't see your name on this account. I see Mike Anzavino, Rose Anzavino, and Mike Anzavino Jr. But I don't see you. Who are you? I'm Bill. I'm on the account. Well, sir, I'm sorry, but you're not on the account. I'm on the account. <laughs> I know I'm on the account. She's giving me a hard time. I know I'm on the account. Well, let's try another method. Well, what's the other method you want to try? Give me your social security number. I give her my social security number. Oh, there you are. She wasn't going to give me a penny until I was identified as being on that account. I've called... Oh, let's see, I called the Social Security Administration, I've called uh, hospitals, I called all the different places to try to transact business for my mom and my dad since, you know, they've been in a nursing home and things going on. I had to get all kind of information and all that, changing addresses and everything. And after you've waited for 45 minutes on hold, and finally you get somebody that you can talk to, and they say, sir, we can't talk to you about this because you're not authorized. I said, I've been authorized. Oh, but that was a year ago, and your years run up. <laughs> Call back and wait another 45 minutes. Or go get your mom and have her. Now, how, don't you love this one? Put her on the phone and let her tell us it's okay. I can call some stranger down the street. I can go to somewhere. <laughs> Say you're my mom. How do they know? They don't know. Anyhow, my point is, if you're not authorized, if you don't have the power of attorney, if your name's on, on the account, you can't withdraw funds from someone else's bank account unless you're authorized to do so, right? You're authorized to withdraw from Jesus's bank account. Every deposit he made, he made for you. All that heaven has, praise God. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And he just said you are authorized because your name is written. It's recorded, praise God. I could probably call heaven faster than talking to the Social Security Office Administration. You ever tried that? Oh my goodness, I've tried that. And it's just, wow. But you're... I'm telling you what, you better start shouting. You're authorized to withdraw from Jesus' deposits. He made deposits for you and for me, and you can withdraw, you can withdraw saving grace. You realize that?
You have the right to call upon the name above every name and accept him as your Savior and Lord. And once you do, you have got an inheritance among the saints in light. And everything that Jesus has secured and deposited in heaven for you, it's yours. And you can withdraw from it. Now, let me show you something. Go back to Acts. We, I know we did this before, but this bears repetition right here. Because you see Acts chapter 19, these individuals tried to do what I did when I didn't have authorization. No, oh, I'm telling you, I had to get authorization. Then you got to send in all the power of attorney and, and all that. I had to go to Ambridge to the Social Security Administration and actually take it there and all that after all this time that you spend doing all this. These um, rascals, I'll call them, these seven sons of Sceva, you know, they were going to withdraw the power of God from heaven. They were going to use the name of Jesus. But look at what happens here. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priest, which did so. Did what? They tried to cast out devils. And they cast out a devil using the name that Paul preached. And the evil spirit answered and said, uh, Jesus, I know, identify with him. Oh, let me look through my records. Oh, yeah, Paul. Paul's authorized to withdraw and cast us out. But who are you? Can I have your social security number? And what happened? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wound, wounded. And this was known to the, all the Jews and the Greeks and also Greece also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Wow. Tried to use the name and they weren't authorized to use it. Their names weren't written in heaven so they weren't authorized to use it. They didn't have the power of attorney so they couldn't withdraw the powers of heaven. And heaven couldn't stand behind their use of that mighty name. But you and I, oh my, we've been authorized. And he's telling them, rejoice in this. You're recognized. Isn't that good to know? That you're recognized? Heaven recognizes who you are. You have a right to use the name of Jesus to put a stop to the work of the enemy if he's coming against your family, if he's coming against your marriage, if he's coming against your job, if he's coming against your finances, if he's coming against your health. He has to flee when you use that name. You can break the power of the enemy over whatever it might be. Again, a wayward child being led astray by an evil spirit. You can take authority over that and... and uh, Command it to leave and stop its maneuvers in that child's life. You're authorized to do it. All right. Three, we operate from the position of our seating with Christ. And this is something that the church has really taken a long time to get a hold of. Look in the book of Ephesians in chapter 2 and verse 1. Now it says, And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now stop right there. We were all dead in trespasses and sins. Now obviously that's talking about spiritual death, right? We weren't dead physically. We were dead spiritually. We were dead in, in trespasses and sins. Where in a time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom we, whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. 
And we were by nature children of wrath, the children of wrath, even as others. What a title. Children of wrath. We were all children of wrath at one time. Notice how bleak this is. Here we are operating from a position of being a child of wrath, connected with the enemy himself of God. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but he went on to say, but he quickened us. So quickened us means he made us alive. But look at the next few verses and it shows how he did it. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It didn't say he's going to. He already has. So if we can paint the picture, we were spiritually dead in sin. We were children of wrath, meaning the wrath of God was going to be poured out on all of us. But instead of pouring it out on us, he poured his wrath out on his son. So he could declare us not guilty. And when we accepted Jesus as our savior, then he made us alive. He brought life in us. He brought us out of death into life. We've passed from death to life. And then he raised us up already together. So positionally, where are we seated? Seated with Christ in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, we are seated in heavenly places. And we operate from this position of authority with him in heavenly places. Well, what does that mean? Well, look at chapter 1 of Ephesians in verse 16. It's something that Paul prayed the church at Ephesus would understand. And really, it's for every child of God to understand. He says, he ceased not to make mentions, meant to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He's praying for the church there, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is a prayer we should pray for ourselves all the time. That you may know something. The hope of his calling. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word. Who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set it at his own right hand in heavenly places. So now we see he is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is seated in heavenly places. But now notice, we are seated with him. Isn't that what chapter 2 said? We are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, what's so good about that? Look at the next verse. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, 
which is his body. That's us. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. So what's that's saying to us? You and I in Christ have been raised up together with him. We are positionally seated with him in heavenly places. Now, obviously, practically, we're here on earth. But positionally, we are seated in heaven with him. You see, the scripture tells us, don't look at the things that are seen. But look at the things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporal and subject to change. But the things that are not seen, they're eternal and never subject to change. So if I only go by what I see and what I feel, I'm going to be governed by what this natural world is dictating to my life. So in other words, I'm going to look at you and say you're seated, seated in a pew at 6241 Tuscaroras Road, Ohioville, or Industry, Pennsylvania. If I look at it in a natural. But if I look at it from the spiritual perspective... I see every one of you seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. Far above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominion, and every name that is named. Not every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So that at the mention of the name of Jesus from our lips, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's things or beings in heaven, things or beings on earth, things or beings under the earth. And this has nothing to do with us, has nothing to do with our performance, nothing to do with what we've done or haven't done. This is something God has done for us in Christ. This was his work of redemption. This was his strategy. This was his lifting up us, lifting us up out of the miry clay and placing us in a position of highest authority in Christ so that we can be his ambassadors sent back to the earth and that we can transact business for him as these ambassadors, representatives of the highest order as Peter did. As John did, as the others did, we could do the same thing and say, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit that's messing up my child's life, I exercise dominion over you, and I command you stop it right now. But you see, the church hasn't become that bold. And a lot of people think, well, whatever happens, happens. That's not true. That's not true. Do you remember when they were out there on the, Sea, Sea of Galilee, and they were in a boat, and Jesus fell asleep. One translation says he was asleep on a leather pillow in the back part of the ship. And the storm got so fierce that these skilled sailors, skilled fishermen, said, we're going drown. We're going under. And they had to go wake him up. That's a pretty sound sleeper. If you're on a boat and the water's coming in and you're about to go down. And they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Two things. Don't you care? Number one. Number two, we're going down. We're dying. And don't you care? Jesus wakes up, looks around. Peace, be still. Perfect calm. He looks at them and says... How is it that you have no faith? What? You could have done that. 
Don't you have any faith? How many of you were taught by your parents, just speak to the wind, the waves, the sea? Were anybody taught that? Speak to inanimate objects like that. Well, I'll tell you what, if Jesus was our teacher, we would, we would have been taught that from a youth. He said, speak to that mountain and it will obey you. He said, speak to that tree. It will pluck up by the root and be planted into the sea. And nothing will be impossible for you. What does he know? Are you going to listen to somebody who can walk on water? And calm a raging sea? What about the time when he got in the boat and the boat was immediately from the middle of the ocean to the shore? Translocated just like that. He's got my boat. What about yours? You see, we're talking about sitting at the feet of the master and learning. If you're, if you believe in me, you're my disciple if you stay in my word. Continue my word. You're my disciple indeed. You should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What's he saying? Man, just sit there. Just sit here to listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm telling you, you had no faith the first time on the boat. You had a little faith, Peter, when you walked on the water. A little bit of faith. But there's great faith over here with the Syrophoenician woman. And there's perfect faith found in Abraham. So just gradually grow in your faith and learn how to use your faith to walk on water, speak to the sea. And by the way, you want to go learn how to catch fish? You don't need TNT. You don't need dynamite. All you need to do is watch what Jesus did. Your nets will be full. Right? Now, what is this telling us? When God created man, he gave him dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and every creep who creeps, I mean every creeping thing <laughs> that creepeth upon the earth. It reminds me of the woman, since I said creep, it reminds me of the woman <clears throat> who came home she was living by herself in an apartment, and she came home, and when she got into her apartment, there was a guy there, had no good intentions. And he shut the door, when she came in, he shut the door and said, he was, what he was going to do, he was going to rape her. And there he was, telling her exactly what he was going to do. And she stood there and looked at him and said, well, you can't, in the name of Jesus Christ. The man got scared, ran out the window. Jumped out the window and took off running down the street. There's authority in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And when you believe in the power of that name, and in faith you speak the power of that name, you see the demon that was inside that man trying to get him to do some ugly thing, he got, he got afraid and tore, tore down the street. Resist the devil and he'll what? And that's exactly what he did. He fled. He fled down the street. There's power in the name of Jesus. What we're going to do is forget the last part of my message. And, but all those things you can look over for yourself. We, we use the name of Jesus to do what? To carry out the will of God on the earth. The will of Jesus on the earth. And all those things represent the will of God. He wants us to have overcoming lives on this planet. All those things. Look them up for yourself later. But stand together with me. And just take a moment. If you don't mind... Matter of fact, yeah, just let's stand up together with me.